Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. Twenty twenty is flying by, and you know I, I don't have to tell any of you it's been one of the strangest years of my life. I'm sure many of you can attest as well. Getting back to medical device topics, EUMDR it's it's upon us. I think we had a little bit of a gift in a weird sort of way where uh, the EUMDR implementation was delayed until May 2021. But as we're recording this podcast, I mean, that's literally just right around the corner. And IVDR, the EU IVDR is, you know, not that far away either. And there's a lot of work that, that we still need to do as medical device companies to make sure we're prepared. So good news is I have uh, joining me on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast, Basil Accra with Cunique Group. Basil has a, a kind of a unique distinction. He used to work for a notified body, and, and I, I've heard him speak many, many times on EUMDR and IVDR, so he's definitely an expert. So you're going to want to listen to this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host and founder from Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And f- folks, uh, 2020, is it's flying by. We're, uh, we're almost to the end of the year. Uh, it's, it's been one of the strangest years of my life. I'm, I'm sure many of you could probably attest to the same thing, but you know, we keep moving in the medical device industry and, uh, with 2021 brings some new challenges, especially for those of you who are pursuing products in the European union and probably remember EUMDR, it goes live in May of 2021. So a lot of, of, topics and, and challenges still facing our industry with respect to EU MDR and IVDR. So who better to chat with us about that than Basil Acra. Basil is the co-owner and CEO of Cunique. So Basil, welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Thank you, John, for inviting me to be here with you today and discuss with you about this uh, very hot topic that was very hot since many years, but it's getting <laughs> yeah. hotter now at the end a period where people are struggling uh, with implementation, considering all the situation at this moment of time. Yeah, and I mean, aside from the obvious, uh, with you know, only being about six months or so away, why is it so hot now? <laughs> It is, it is so hot now because, I mean, uh, uh, we have an additional burden, which is COVID-19, which is actually adding a burden to the whole implementation. Uh, it was hot before because people were talking about uh, the increased requirements, the limited capacities of the main stakeholders who are the notified bodies. Uh, and on top of this, we got COVID-19, which added an additional burden to the whole situation uh, and leading to additional bottleneck in, in a short period of time. All right. So hopefully today we can get some tips and pointers from you on you know what you know me as a medical device company what I can be doing now. Uh, but overall, I just want to get a sense too of the readiness. You know, you mentioned some of the constraints on on the system these days. You know, COVID that certainly didn't help anything with respect to EU MDR readiness. Um, but where do we stand today as far as like the 
how is the EU prepared for this? Are there you know notified bodies, manufacturers, you know the competent authorities? Just give us a lay of of the landscape as it stands today from your perspective. So it is actually uh, not surprising us because uh, we were talking about uh, the readiness of of the system since the publication of the regulation and uh, taking into consideration the tax which was written in that regulation and the the transition period which was given to the different stakeholders. In 2012, we had more than 80 notified bodies. And when uh, the MDR and IVDR uh, were published, um, it was clear that all notified bodies available as of today, they need to recut designated for the new system, which means for the new regulation, MDR and IVDR, to be able to serve uh, the manufacturers when they want to get certified under the new legislations. Now, uh, saying that, it should be clearly uh, understood that every device which has already uh, a certification according to the old legislation uh, need to re-get a certification to be able to, to keep market access, which means that you need, uh, again, uh, to get certified by notified bodies. Uh, nevertheless, we had more than 80s uh, f- uh, before, uh, let's say, in 2012. We had the scandal, which led to a reduction of notified bodies to approximately 55 notified bodies. And then now, if we look to the numbers, we have just 17 notified bodies for the MDR. Uh, We got uh, a promise to see one additional one coming soon. Nevertheless, by the end of the year, when Brexit is going to happen, we're going to lose one again. So we have 17 MDR notified bodies and four IVDR notified bodies, whereas also here one going to be lost when the Brexit going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about one, one, uh, uh, nearly one third of the previous available capacity under the new legislation. Uh, and we need to consider this factor. Uh, now, people are talking about uh, increased capacities at notified body side, which is true. But the increased capacity should be also dealing with increased requirements uh, and deepness of reviews of notified bodies. So it is not really an answer to the system to say we have sufficient resources because we miss also the transparency about the available capacity to be able to serve the market. Yeah, no, that's there's a lot there to unpack. You know, and where do you see as I mean, the capacity is is something that I think a lot of people speak about. You know, the notified body situation. Um, but but it's a really good point that it's a little bit deeper than that. Where are some of the areas of the the MDR and the IVDR that that create new challenges, if you will? Um, what are some of the the parts of those regulations that are are the most significant to address? I think if we take the both regulation, uh, where we see the the most impact is actually um, uh, the fact that we got these regulation published. And then the system started preparing guidance. So we didn't have the recipe on how to fulfill the requirement before getting the requirements published. So uh, in the in the grace, or let's say in the tr- uh, transition period, uh, the member states and the legislators in Europe are explaining via guidance document how to apply this regulation accordingly. So this is like an uncertainty factor, which is now still up and running, whereas manufacturers and notified bodies want to implement the regulation. So this is the, more, the first important point, which is like uh, uh, you are asked to fulfill something uh, that you are not sure uh, 
uh, how to fulfill it because you don't have the clear expectation. Uh, you have uh, wording which you have to apply, but it's unclear if you go in that way or in that way, which way would be the best way to fulfill the requirement. The second uh, uh, challenge is, is the fact that uh, both regulations are putting expectations which are not ready yet, So, such as uh, uh, UDAMAT, which is towards uh, uh, transparency, better traceability, and uh, let's say uh, helping the system to ensure a single data, let's say management system, enabling uh, communication across the stakeholders. This system is not up and running yet. Uh, it will be implemented in, in, uh, on a voluntary basis in modular way, but we still miss to have that system, which is an essential part of the regulation. The other part is also the uh, increased requirement on the clinical evidence by setting higher clinical evaluation requirement in the MDR and higher performance evaluation requirement in the IVDR. And looking to those requirements, they are applicable also for devices which were already since years on the market, which were certified and applied on the market for the, the various healthcare system in Europe and other jurisdictions which are laying back on the European system. And all those devices need to undergo a new certification according to the new legislations, which means they have to fulfill new expectations. It's not just applicable for new devices, applicable for all devices. And this is adding an additional burden because manufacturers who had their devices on the market, they need to recheck if they have uh, uh, sufficient evidence uh, to fulfill the expectation. And who's going to tell you how much is sufficient now for the MDR? Some guidance were created to help manufacturers, and they are very helpful, uh, giving them a clear understanding. But even with those guidances, we are seeing like different interpretation by the different stakeholders, including manufacturers, notified bodies, and member states. And finally, is uh, the biggest challenge with those regulations is the expectation on on having continuous, let's say, reporting uh, mm -hmm. documents such as the periodic safety update report, which is uh, increasing uh, uh, the expectations uh, on on resources. Whereas the notified body system was continuously, anyhow, doing surveillance audits on manufacturer side and was able to identify post-market signal. But now they want to have also on top uh, post-market surveillance uh, a report, which are named periodic safety update report, which are delivered for devices without an end. So which is uh, like an expectation forever. There is no limitation on how often you should be doing that. Those are just requirements which are written there with an open end and uh, people need to plan their capacities and everyone is getting now to the challenge that the market is not delivering the needed resources with the competency to fulfill the obligation of both regulations. Yeah, I mean, it, the post-market um, requirements on, on industry seem to be a lot more um, strenuous, if you will. You mentioned the uh, periodic safety update report. There's you know also the post-market clinical follow-up. There seems to, to be a lot more uh, expectations on industry, but to your point, not always a lot of guidance on exactly how and when and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, you said something about, you know, in May 2021, all devices in, in the EU need to make that transition to the MDR. I know that I'm a little confused about this, so hopefully you can clarify the confusion. I have heard, I think, some folks 
state that if I still have a, a device that's uh, CE marked under the MDD, that it, that buys me some time, if you will, that I have a, maybe a little bit more time uh, to transition to MDR. Is that true or false? It It is true, actually, but I mean, uh, it's not buying you a lot of time because uh, you need to consider the fact that if you still have a valid certificate from May 2021 for MDR certified devices, the MDR is allowing you to keep placing devices on the market. Now, you have to fulfill uh, the prerequisite of the MDR with regard to that. And those include, for example, expectation on, on registering the devices, registering the economic operators according to the new regulation, as well as uh, fulfilling the post-market uh, surveillance requirement and vigilance requirement of the MDR for MDD devices. Plus, you are not allowed to introduce any significant change to the design or to the intended purpose of that device that you are keeping placing on the market. So if you are intending to continuously improve your device, you will be limited and you will be pushed if you want to implement such a change, which is significant to the design or intended purpose, to move to MDR. Uh, if not, you will not be able to implement it. So it is, uh, let's say, giving you a bit of time but you need to be very clever on how you use this time uh, to address, let's say, the remaining gap uh, with regard to the MDRs that you would need to address. And keep in mind, I mean, 2021 uh, uh, period, the grace period will end in May 2024. This grace period is is uh, not giving you till 2024 to be ready. You need to be ready latest in 2023, uh, by the mid of 2023, considering the fact that you need to apply to the notified bodies and they need to assess your file and come to a conclusion on whether they certify the device or not before end of the grace period. And you need to consider also the validity of your certificate because 2024 is the end date. If your certificate is up and running and valid till then, and your notified body is still also uh, uh, accepted um, under the old legislation to be actually in compliance with the old legislation. If this is not the case, then you may be facing challenges uh, with regard to keep placing device on the market. So I would not play with this uh, card to say uh, it's an additional time. I think it is essential to work hard toward implementing the MDR uh, requirement as early as possible, considering the fact that uh, waiting lists at the notified body will be very long uh, due to the limited number of notified bodies and the highest request from industry to get certified under the new legislation. Now, I appreciate that clarification, Basil. That was really important. I think the things that I, when I've heard people talk about pursuing CE mark under MDD, they forget to mention things like the the uh, follow-up reporting and economic operators and all those sorts of things. So, you know, to, to replay what I think I just heard you say is, is if you do that path, you still have to meet the intent of the EU MDR effective May 2021. So, folks, you still might have some work to do. This is not a thing to buy you a little bit more time. There's still a lot of work to do. And, and um, you know, here we are just a few months away from this going live. Um, Folks, uh, I want to remind you, I am talking with Basil Acra. Basil is the CEO and co-owner of Unique. Unique, uh, you can find out more about them. Go to Q-U-N-I-Q-U-E-Group.com, and that's QuniqueGroup.com. All one word, no spaces, no hyphens. And Basil, I guess while we're taking a little bit of a, a break here, do you mind sharing with folks a little bit about Unique and some of the 
the services that you help companies with? Yeah, John, I'm happy to do so. So Cunique is a consultancy organization. We help manufacturers uh, on both MDR, IBDR implementation. Uh, we uh, support from the scratch, so by uh, developing quality management system according to the new legislation or by uh, creating, uh, let's say, doing a gap uh, uh, audit uh, to identify your gaps and helping you also preparing uh, by closing the gaps uh, to the new legislations and by preparing technical documentation according to the new requirements. Uh, we provide also the various trainings uh, enabling uh, manufacturers to understand the obligation according to the new system and to fulfill also the expectations of notified bodies when they come in and audit you with regard to uh, uh, training uh, the resources on the new requirement and giving them the relevant education to understand the expectations. We do also on top to this uh, uh, leadership training and also help manufacturers, not just in Europe, but also for market access in other jurisdictions, including the US, uh, by helping them on their submission to FDA and um, uh, preparing them for getting uh, MDCEP audit and getting their system certified according to the requirement in the US. So um, I think in general, uh, you can see our services on our website. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me or to one of our colleagues. Uh, the best way to contact us is info at unigroup.com. And then we will get back to you within a short time and give you the guidance based on your request. And folks, I would highly encourage you to reach out to Basil and the CUNIC team if you have any questions at all about EU, MDR, IVDR. I mean, I um, first crossed Basil's path uh, when he was previously working with a notified body, and it was very clear to me that if there's an expert in understanding the new MDR and IVDR, Basil is one of those folks. So uh, definitely an, uh, somebody that you want on your team. So again, go out to their website, cuniquegroup.com, info at cuniquegroup.com if you want more uh, details and information about how they might help. So. Uh, all right, I want to transition a little bit, uh, Basil. As IVDR, obviously, that's a little bit further away, and and I fear that the industry uh, companies that are in the IVD space that they may be a little complacent. They may be thinking, "Oh, I got all of this time. Uh, I got plenty of time." Uh, I had a we had a customer the other day that was asking about you know going down the the EU IVDR path and you know the notified body situation in and that space is a little bit less yet still. I think I saw the other day there's there's only four notified bodies that are uh, able to do IVDR tech files. Is, is my memory correct on that? Yeah, this is, this is true. I mentioned this uh, at the beginning of our discussion. Actually, yeah. the four are not real four. They, we have uh, yeah. uh, one who is uh, double counted, which is actually kind of... Uh, risk mitigation due to the expected Brexit. So we have three notified bodies for the IVDR. And this is actually uh, the number of notified bodies we should not take as as the most important part. The question is how much capacity uh, uh, are those notified bodies having towards addressing the market needs? Uh, And I think this is a big uh, question mark because we don't know how much market is there with regard to the IVD. Uh, market and how much notified body resources would be necessary for the different scope to serve the market. Yeah, 
And I, I think I had heard something, and and this is a, this is all, uh, you know, of course hearsay and and that sort of thing. So I'm glad that you and I are having a chance to chat about this today. But I had heard something a while back that the EU IVDR um, will um, mean uh, that something like tens of thousands of of products that were not previously classified as IVDs or, or medical devices are now going to be. Uh, considered as IVDs under the new IVDR, and that, that this is probably going to be super, very challenging for a lot of companies who have these particular products because you know they may or may not have been designing, developing, manufacturing their IVD products under any sort of quality system or design controls or, or risk and that sort of thing. So what are you seeing uh, or what do you think that is going to happen with respect to the, the IVD side of, of the market? So you have you have to see it in that way. Uh, most of the IVDs in the past were based on self-declaration, so where a manufacturer could say, I'm fulfilling the obligation without involving a third party, which is a notified body. And when I was at the notified body, uh, all notified bodies, including industry, tried to understand the impact of the IVDR on the market. And when we look to this, we recognize that nearly 80 to 90% of the market at this moment uh, doesn't need a notified body. Now, under the IVDR, this is going to change to 80 to 90% of the market would need a notified body, which is a huge amount of actually uh, um, capacity expectation on the notified body side to ensure that the market will be certified on time. Now, you mentioned in your uh, introduction uh, that uh, the IVDR, most of the manufacturers, they say, we still have enough time. The reality is something else, because if you look to the IVDR, they don't have much more time than the MDR. They had uh, uh, initially, since the publication, two more years. But it's not really two more years. It's actually the same time or less time by considering the fact that most of those manufacturers have no experience also with notified bodies. They need to to get their system up and running according to the new legislation. They need to ensure that they have technical documentation for their devices, addressing the risk-related expectation, as mentioned in the IVDR, and get a notified body who is willing to take them on board and uh, who has the capacity to deliver the service, ensuring that their devices will be certified on time, uh, ensuring at the end market continuity. So I think the problem with the IVD is much bigger than anyone could assume. Most of the people are talking about MDR at this moment, and this is related to the fact that the MDR is coming first. But the IVDR is actually, uh, in my view, the biggest troublemaker for the system, and it will be creating much more troubles because historically, the notified bodies were not, uh, let's say, that big with regard to IVDR because the market need was limited. Uh, and the requirement on notified bodies uh, to have like uh, much more devices under their duty with regard to IVDD was also not that big. So now with regard to IVDR, they are required to, to deliver services if they have the, the designation for much bigger market. And if you want to deal with this in a short period of time, you need to consider the fact that the capacities and the expert required for IVDR uh, are not available or they are available, but they are working for the manufacturers, or they are working for the authorities or for the notified bodies. And you need to collect the relevant resources to be able to serve the market. And this is, in a short period of time, not really something doable. 
considering how big the IVD market uh, is expected to be and is expected to be also uh, under the, uh, let's say, um, responsibility of notified bodies. Yeah, I I, um, I tend to agree with you. I, I think that, you know, the uh, unfortunately, I guess the focus has been on MDR because it's, you know, the nearest to us. But, you know, I, I talked to quite a few IVD companies. They're just not ready. And, you know, I've uh, I've read, and I would encourage folks out there to, to do this as well. Um, it uh, takes a little bit of patience, but go read the, the MDR uh, and the IVDR regulations. I mean, you can get these documents. They're pretty easy, easy to find. We'll make sure we provide links to those as well with the, the text that accompanies this podcast. But specifically on the IVDR side of things, there are a lot more um, expectations, if you will, that for a lot of the companies that are now in this space uh, are going to be brand new. They're going to be systems that you're going to have to implement. And I think what's really interesting about the IVD side, uh, from my perspective as well, is the the newest version of ISO 14971, 2019, and the uh, guidance document that that accompanies that, the uh, ISO TIR 24971, 2020. There's a, a lot of verbiage uh, in those documents uh, about IVD. In fact, the 24971 has uh, an entire annex that is just dedicated specifically for IVD as far, as far as all the expectations and criteria. So there's a lot more expectations for IVD companies with respect to these new regulations. And it's not trivial and it's not simple. So Basil's right. Now's the time. I mean, if you're not starting your transition, you're probably behind right now. So, all right, Basil, kind of working toward wrapping our conversation up a little bit today. Um, what tips and pointers do you have for medical device companies and IVD companies? What, sh- what should they be doing now? I mean, it seems to me obvious that first and foremost, they should be getting in contact with their notified bodies uh, to find out what their plans are. But what, what other tips and pointers do you have for folks out there listening? So I think as a general, uh, let's say, list of tips that I can share with IVD and uh, medical device companies, the first tip is, first of all, read the regulation. Uh, understand uh, the implication of the regulation on your system. Uh, you mentioned speak to your notified body. The question is whether you have a notified body that can uh, actually address your needs because you need to reevaluate uh, your notified bodies and understand whether uh, the notified body who was your partner for the last years will be able to serve you according to the new legislation because some notified bodies may not apply for the regulations or may not receive the same designation scope like they had under the old framework. And this is actually a limitation for for the industry preparing for the new legislations. After reading, after selecting also and discussing with notified bodies, you need also to, to manage a clear timeline for implementation considering the end date which is actually in May 2024, considering that uh, this end date is not your end date for submission, but your end date to be actually certified according to the new legislations. Don't plan, let's say, uh, to the last moment and make sure that your project planning is aligned with with the notified bodies that you have selected uh, to be your, your service provider at the end and uh, prepare yourself on time and um, don't take it really uh, as as 
uh, an easy step because there will be no delays in the implementation of the regulation. We got a clear message from the European Commission that uh, this delay, which happens for COVID-19, will not happen again. So nobody should be expecting a miracle. So be prepared, be ready on time, ensuring that your devices will be on on the market uh, long term and will not lose the market access uh, by date of application or later by end of grace period. I think that's the key thing. I mean, I know as uh, the original deadline of EUMDR was approaching in, in May of 2020, uh, you know, beginning of, of, of the year uh, in 2020, a lot of folks were like, oh, they're going to delay or they're going to delay. And, you know, at that point in time, there was nothing to indicate that there was going to be any delay whatsoever. Um, I, I don't mean this to sound uh, wrong, but, you know, the, the COVID pandemic, uh, frankly, it, it did a lot of folks in the industry who were not prepared a favor uh, by delaying it to 2021. And folks, you shouldn't expect that this is going to be delayed any further. Um, this is not an excuse to, to do the, the work and, and the diligence on your end to be prepared because regardless, the the criteria that are defined within the EU MDR and IVDR, these are just good business practices, quite frankly. This is just you running a good business and making sure that your products are safe and effective. Part of the trigger for MDR and IVDR, unfortunately, were some scandalous events and and, and device companies maybe not doing the things that they should be to ensure the products that they're designing and developing and manufacturing are safe and effective. And, and so this is you know, something that we should all take seriously as our responsibility as medical device professionals. Basil, any last words for folks today before we um, call it a wrap on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast? I think I, I, I would like to close with a positive note, and I would like to say you can make it if you prepare accordingly. It's doable. It's not really a, a big burden. It's just a, a systematic evaluation and preparation would allow you to succeed towards the new legislation. That's awesome. Uh, folks, again, I've been talking with uh, Basil Acra. Basil is the CEO and co-owner at Cunique. Uh, he and his team, they're experts in this, uh, these needs from EU MDR, IVDR, as well as other uh, markets and, and regulations that are impacting you and, and your products. So be sure to go check them out, cuniquegroup.com to learn more. Contact them directly, info at cuniquegroup.com via email, and someone from their team will be in touch with you. And folks, again, I want to remind you here at Greenlight Guru, uh, we're we're ready to help you as well. We've built the only medical device quality management system software on the market today. It's designed specifically to address, to help you address uh, these these regulations in the EU or US or wherever else in the world that you're uh, bringing products to market. So our, our purpose-built platform has been designed with these regulations in mind, and it's been designed by actual medical device professionals. You know, I've been in the industry for over 22 years. We have other medical device gurus on our team who have decades of experience as well. So go check it out, www.greenlight.guru, to learn more about the Greenlight Guru medical device quality management system software platform. Folks, as always, thank you so much for being loyal listeners of the Global Medical Device Podcast. It's because of you that you continue to keep the Global Medical Device Podcast as the number one podcast in the medical device industry. So keep sharing uh, and spreading the word with your friends and colleagues. And 
As always, this is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear, and you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.